Radio. Are you looking for veteran resources and peer support? Objective Zero has an app for that. Download the Objective Zero app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Access wellness resources like yoga and a free year subscription to Headspace, the world's most popular meditation app. Check out veterans' resources and access our nationwide network of peer support. Speak to fellow women veterans or someone in your field and branch of service. You get to choose who you want to chat with. Learn more at www.objectivezero.org. That's www.objectivezero.org. Nothing to watch on TV. That's why you're listening to Barrett Talk on TVRadio.net. WDVR. This ain't reality TV. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Well, isn't that special? Bloody, don't you think you should rephrase that? Mama said, my mama said, mama said that. My mom. Good day, sir. Now class is dismissed, gentlemen. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. I am the first dick in your ear, Boner Wood, so it's going to be a hard one tonight. Now, God damn it, Boner, that's just not even fair. This is Barracks Talk. This is inside the nut house, man. We got Sergeant Wardog. Oh, I just broke out of the rubber room, dog. The bacon man himself, oink. You are truly putting the D in the B when it comes to DV radio. Mr. Recall. I prefer to be referred to as belly and down. And don't know where the fuck Google is. I told you it's my computer, it's not me. That's exactly how I feel. We probably had a few too many to drink, you know what <laughs> 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Can I get a thimble full of sweet baby rays, please? We don't have it. Saturday's going to be even more entertaining. Illogical. You still have the DD radio store for those wondering. Shit's still there. You can buy shit. Mine shit's good, okay? Oh, we haven't even gotten there yet. You fucking got me there already. Love and military barracks talking around this smoke. How's your back feeling after that penis reduction? Oh. <laughs> You're tuned in to WDVR on DVRadio.net. Because this is how it is on DV Radio. That is how it is right here on WDVR, DVRadio.net. It's September 23rd, 2023. This is Talk Live. You're listening to us on podcast. Almost major podcast platforms, you know, like the assholes over at Spotify that didn't want us on. Then they finally added us. And then you got iTunes, that Google Play podcast thingamajig. You got Samsung podcast. And all kinds of other places. Just just look for us. Just type in DV Radio Podcast and you're going to find us. Or you can go to dvradio.net and click on uh, one of those things up there. Ways to listen. That's the thing you click on and you can <laughs> find a way to listen. I forgot what I named the damn thing. Anyway. <laughs> I'm say a man creates the damn website forgets what he's doing. Look, I've, I've slept since then at least an hour. All right. So fuck <laughs> you. Um, I'm Bonerwood tonight from Alaska. It's the frozen pig man himself. I don't, I don't think it's too cold up there, but it's Mr. Oink. It's getting there, man. The termination dust is reached the mountains and is slowly working its fucking way down. And everything is now brown and, and turning leaves and falling. And yeah, we had our, you know, week of fall and we're, we're headed into winter. So basically the, the summer Yeti came out, shit on everything. And now it's turned into snow. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, some snow. <laughs> then back in our neck of the woods, it's the Amish man himself, the man whose balls I forgot to cup the past couple of weeks. It's Mr. Recoil. Good evening, all. 
He sounds so enthusiastic. He must have been eating pretzels. <laughs> I am enthusiastic. We have a great guest tonight, and I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. Me too, man. And I don't know if his internet's cooperating at the moment, but it's none other than the Marine Crown Eater Psych Ward Gang Supervisor himself, Sergeant Wardog. Psych Ward Gang, baby. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's been a long week. Fuck you all. Have a nice night. That's the end of that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Calm down. I'm joking. Uh, so we have a lot going on tonight. I say that it, it's not, but we have a very interesting show. I know it's going to be interesting because we've already had fun in the pre-show and it may or may not make it to the pre-show podcast on our Substack which you can click on the newsletter sign up. And if you're a paid contributor, you will get to hear that podcast coming up very, very soon. I think I've already got like an hour of stuff for you guys to listen to. So I might split it up in a half hours. I don't know yet. I'm still contemplating that. Anyway, let's start off with Mr. Oink. How's your week been, sir? Oh, you know, living the dream up here in Alaska. Like I said, uh, we enjoyed our one week of fall. It's pretty much becoming winter. I mean, it's it's there. So, uh, we switched shifts. We are now, uh, over on the winter job. We got two weeks of days and then we switched to our shifts where I'll be working, you know, graves again and, you know, trying to figure out what's night, what's day, what's up, what's down, you know, the typical. I hear you. I hear you. Before I forget, uh, I did say we've got a lot of stuff going on this week and, uh, the last, uh, free shipping, uh, promo that we had on the store some of you were having issues uh they should be resolved now so if you go over there to dvradio.net and click on the dv radio store you can get 20 percent off now through september 28th and while you're over there we have a new design called grab your cupcakes it's for breast cancer awareness month coming up it, it's cute it's funny it's, it's got some camo in it it's pink it's blue and orange and it's it's just cute I had fun making it. Uh, and then obviously we've got the DV farms, DV six and Gabby Sue, Fafo, uh, PTS dogs, uh, stuff. We got Sergeant war dog stuff. Veterans don't shoot blanks. Go buy one right now. Um, <laughs> but you have until September 28th, uh, at dvradio.net. Click on the DV radio store, get 20% off all your orders right now. And if you did have issues, uh, last week with the, uh, free shipping, we do apologize, but hopefully that 20% will somehow make up for it. If it doesn't, I apologize. Shit happens. It's not our store. It's a third party. We don't have the money to, to, to do our own store because you guys won't buy shit. You assholes. <laughs> Fuck you all. No, I'm joking. We love you all. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, whether you listen or, or you buy or, or whatever. Uh, we, we seriously do appreciate you guys sticking with us since, uh, it's almost been 10 years now. It's 2023. Next year will be 10 years. Should we do something for the 10th anniversary? I don't fucking know. We'll figure it out when it happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sergeant Wardog, how's your week been, brother? Ah, uh, pretty uneventful, bro. Just, uh, doing the suburban dad thing, you know, uh, taking the kids to school, cheerleading, gymnastics, uh, no VA appointments. Yeah, just just doing the suburban dad thing down here in Florida, bro. Awesome. How's your kids liking uh, school this year so far? Oh, they're loving it, man. Um, my youngest is in kindergarten, and uh, my oldest is a freshman in high school. So we have the beginnings of you know two uh, two different levels this year. Man, that's that's got to be a fucking trip for you, brother. Holy shit! 
<laughs> it's got to be fun though, right? Oh yeah, always, bro. Even even in the in the fucked up moments, it's got to be like you know what? I like this. I I, I can yeah. be a dad. I can be a suburban dad. I got this. But but more in the Sergeant War Dog speak, right? I got this, man. I got this suburban dad. Mm. I got this job. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I sound that bad, bro. <laughs> no, both sounds that bad. I love you, man. I fucking love you, Rudolph. Oh, man. Let's go back up to uh, Amish country. Mr. Recoil, how's your week been, brother? Well, you know, just wearing my black hat, you know. Um, no, I've been working my ass off, <laughs> as usual. Um, you don't work. Shut up. Don't lie no, to I these just, people. I just hang out with my dog and drink coffee. <laughs> But no, life is life is good, man. Life is good. Good, good. How's the uh, weather this year up there? Well, it's been raining all day. It's going to rain for like the next eight days. Mm-hmm. So it looks. Um, but you know, we could use it. I should have thrown some grass seed down in the backyard. Well, you know, I had, I did that big project last year. Yeah, and I got I got grass started, and it did pretty good over the summer here. But it really needs overseeded. And if I would have had time, I should have did, done that before I got eight days of rain up here. Yeah, I think it was uh, yesterday. My mom went out and she done some of the the pesticides. It's it's all natural shit. Y'all don't worry. It ain't gonna hurt nobody. But uh, she went out and done it, and I was like, you should have waited until Monday. <laughs> at least Monday, you don't have as much rain happening, and you can you know, get into the ground. But. Like you said, shit happens. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Yes, it's, it's been a week. Uh, nothing oh. bad. Uh, I, I am lacking on newsletters. I don't think we've had one this month. So I'll try to get over there and get one up. And hopefully I can have the pre-show podcast ready for those that, uh, donate. Uh, we're trying to find other ways to give back to those that actually, uh, contribute monetarily. Um, in some way, shape, or form. I know it's not a lot, but hopefully, uh, it, it's it's something to uh, so so you know you're actually giving to something that's worth it. Because <laughs> God knows our asses ain't. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, Mr. Fed, Mrs. Fed, it Fed. I hope you're having a fucking awful weekend because you're listening to us again. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> Uh, has anybody heard from, uh, uh, Mayhem, Miss, Mrs. Mayhem, Mr. Mayhem lately? Like, uh, I am not. Uh, seeing was a little bit active there on the old X or was formerly mm-hmm. known as Twitter. Yes. But other than that, um, no, I haven't uh, conversed with them, you know, lately. I did uh, have a little discussion with Mrs. Fester. She's doing good. Um, awesome. The things have changed. Uh, and I'll let her tell that if she wants to tell her that story. So yeah, when she's she doing well, she's back at her house and, uh, you know, living life. Awesome. Also, Oink, I need you to get those books signed so people will quit asking me when the fuck their books is <laughs> going to get there. Yes. I actually did get with Carla. I do have her, uh, cell phone number and I will text her and, uh, meet up with her sometime and get this, get this done. Uh, we tried to last weekend, I think it was, but, uh, yeah, of course. You know, Penny, her daughter, did not want to cooperate, so <laughs> that fell through. But uh, it's always the kids. Fault, ain't it? I know, right? <laughs> but no, we would def- we would definitely uh, get those signed and get those out to everybody, and maybe uh, throw a little something extra. Yep, 
Uh, that's why I haven't reached out to anybody to get your address. It's because we haven't got the books signed. As soon as they show up at my house, I'll get uh, some extra stuff, throw it in there for you guys, and we'll send them out. I'm sorry it's taken so long. That's why we haven't had another giveaway. 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 That's why we've not had another giveaway. I am a Muppet from fucking Sesame Street now. Thank you, Jim Hansen. Anyway, um, <laughs> is there any other business we need to get out of the way before we introduce tonight's guest and have some fun and find out what she's doing? We oh. do have a faithful if there's time. Do we? All right. If we don't have time, we'll definitely do it next week. How's that? Roger that. Outstanding and the beautiful rain, which I can't do anymore. Thank you, Crohn's and Iraq. Anyway. So yes, last week we were supposed to have a guest. We couldn't because she said, fuck you guys. I heard your show and I don't like you. And then she was like, you know what? I don't want to let everybody down. So she decided to come on tonight and she is from bad habits. Her name's Deanna. I don't want to fuck up her last name. Cause I almost did earlier. Miss Deanna, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be on. I just had more important things to do, like clean up the shit from my dogs. You don't have to lie. Here. You don't have to lie. Here. Dog shit okay. overrates D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, we're lower than shit. She just proved it, everybody. She just proved it. Our own guest right here on Barracks Talk, September 23rd, 2023. Write it down. It's one for the record books. Uh, now you have your title, the, the podcast that really stinks. <laughs> A dog shit show. There you, see, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Like DV radio, another shit show. Uh, before we uh, dive into bad habits and what that's all about, if you wouldn't mind, you are a veteran. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your military career and letting all of those that's listening know that you are an actual uh, retired service member? Uh, yeah. So I joined so that I wouldn't go to jail. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, we don't judge here. I like mean, so many of us. I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I was born in Mobile, Alabama, moved all around because my mom, uh, was in the army. Um, and one of her last, she was in the active army reserve. So one of her jobs in my 10th grade year was to be an army recruiter. So, I knew that I was doomed from there. Um, didn't have, <laughs> I, so I joined the Air Force to get out of, uh, Bossier City, Louisiana. And for those that know the area would probably join too to get out of there. Um, <laughs> so I joined, signed up, uh, four years of ROTC. I was one of the last fast tracks out to be able to, you know, you go in for half the time in the Air Force, pick your job. Um, and, and you go from there. Um, so I did that and became an interior electrician and went to REF Chick Sands in England. Um, and started my job. It's the first female on a team out there called the Mirror Team and the only female. So it was a little rough in the late eighties. Nobody knew what to do with me, and I didn't know what to do with all these guys around, and they were old because they were in their 30s, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so I was just like, ugh, and um, got bit by electricity over there uh, because the 
they only ran the conduit up the wall, but not all the way back to the, the box. So I was being smart and checked everything and it said it was dead and it wasn't dead. And I blew my, thankfully for one time I had used my lineman's instead of taking and tying off the hot neutral with my fingers and blew my lineman's up. So I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am done with this electricity crap. And I became an, um, because of where I worked, I had a TSSEI clearance. So um, I got transferred to graphic illustration. And when they explained it to me, I was like, oh, y'all are going to pay me to color in the lines. This is great. And then for a minute, I thought I was a Marine because they gave me crayons. But um, <laughs> we well, didn't eat them. Was, so, you know, <laughs> I thought about it. I mean, <laughs> some of the food over there, you know, is, and then I find out later that I was ex- supposedly exposed to mad cow disease. And I was like, oh, yay. Um, what does that mean? Do I get angry? They were like, I don't know. Do you like beef? Do you moo a lot? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, um, with my clearance, I did that and, um, got to work in a lot of different places, got transferred to 33rd fighter wing at Eglin Air Force Base right before the Gulf War kicked off. And my unit went, but I couldn't go because I wasn't, I'd only been stateside for, I don't know. 14 days before the, before the, the, the whole attack happened. And, uh, after that, I was stationed in Korea at Osan Air Base with Intel, uh, up on the hill and learned a lot of things that maybe I shouldn't have learned, but I love being nosy. And so I thought nothing gets worse than Korea, right? Yeah. They stationed me at Barksdale in Bossier City. <laughs> So I made a full circle back to where I was from at the time. And then I guess after I was also on the Air Force Taekwondo team. So after enough hits to the head, I took the high year tenure to get out and turned around two days later and joined the Army Reserves and spent my my last 10 years doing that and uh, found out I don't like tents and I don't (laughs) like porta potties. So was Army Reserve a result of the TBIs? Just just asking. Uh, possibly <laughs> because the same recruiter, possibly because I didn't look at my contract when I signed it. And the recruiter was like, eh, I just signed you for 10 years. And I said, why did you do that? He says, because when you were a senior in high school, you wouldn't sign with me. So I got you back. And I'm like, oh, crud. I was like, man, why did I should have known the name? I should. But, you know, it was one of those. I was like, you guys hold some really bad vendettas. And I was like, this is Okay. So, yeah, I became an 88 November transportation coordinator and um, found out real fast when we went out to Yermo that I don't like tents and I don't like the heat and I don't like the sand and I definitely don't like porta potties. So I said, hey, how do I get out of my job and get into hotels? And they said, well, he'd become an instructor. And I BS my way into it. And I think I'm the only instructor in the Army Reserves or anything that has had never done their job in real life, but taught every reservist how to do their job. So I read from a book. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I couldn't have been a real army person because I could read. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Marines can't read. I, I, I could read pretty good. So I love yeah, you. Well, dog. <laughs> I mean, the Marines can read. It's just arc, 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 arc. So, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, my dad was uh, a medic for the for the Marines, so in the Navy. Uh, so yeah, I've got I've got much respect for um, the Marines. I've got much respect for everybody but the Space Force so far. Um, I've never met somebody from the Space Force. That's probably why I don't have respect for them. But you know, even the Coast Guard people, I kind of respect, especially during hurricanes. Nice. Yeah, the, the Navy corpsmen are the shit. Yo, God, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually had a great grandpa in World War One. He was uh, Army, and then my grandpa was in World War Two in the Marines. It was, it was oh. weird. Yeah. Then I had an uncle that went into the Army in Vietnam. I've got his boots. Um, but yeah. Oh wow. Know, yeah. The the old good, where uh, Goodyear done the uh, the the soles of the of the rubber and all. It's got the Goodyear uh-huh. stamp on the bottom of it, and it's got his social security number. We're in his writing on the inside. It's steel toe boots and all that good shit. It's a it's a nice little. And I've got my uh, my grandpa's butt pack from uh, World War Two. Anyway, I have so many questions about that. But is it like a fanny pack? Uh yes and no. It opens up all the way. Uh, it's got a little ammo pouch on the front. Which okay. was usually used for cigarettes or dip or uh, back then stuff. Um, but it's <laughs> it's probably if you open it all the way, it's a square with round corners on the bottom. And it's probably about the size of an average body. So about a foot, foot and a half, give or take. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty good little keepsake I've got. Okay. That's still interesting. I mean, I don't know how I got it. I really don't. I, I just know that it was in my family and somehow I got a hold of it and I got a hold of my uncle Jones, uh, boots and I, uh, broke the state and got my grandpa's medals. That's, that's all I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, wow. No, those medals are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could get my yeah. great grandpa's, but I can't because we've got different last names. <laughs> which is which, which makes it hard on me because he was a Goins and I'm a Wood. So, but I've got my grandpa's. So, yeah, but I mean, there should be ways. I mean, to be able to do that, I, I don't know. Um, if, if you can find out what they what they are, I mean, you could buy them yourself and, and build a rack. I'm not gonna buy something the fucking state or the fucking <laughs> government was supposed to give him. Recoil, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm cheap. <laughs> well, I, I, I actually I have my I have my grandfather's medals. That's awesome. Um, one one of my two grandfathers. Uh, the, but anyway, I I have his medals from Korea. And I actually thought about you you know, they have a I think it's called miniaturemedals.com, but there's a yep. website where you can get miniature versions of all the medals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're about the size of a, of a dime, maybe a little bigger. Yeah. Um, but I, but I thought about actually building a rack of, of his medals for every of them, every member of the family that's interested. Yeah. Um, that way they have, and I, and I can, I can, uh, you know, make photocopies. I have all of, I actually have all of his correspondence between him and my grandmother for the entire duration of his time in Korea. So which awesome. is pretty awesome. I, I want to get that all scanned and compile it and, and share that with the family too. And you know it's funny, and I'm I'm sorry I'm taking away from your time, Deanna, but I promise no. we'll get back on track. <laughs> Reminiscent <laughs> nostalgia. Um, my great grandpa was born in 1891, and he's the only one in the family that I know of that we've got something 
from. It's, it's, it's weird in a way, but at the same time, it's like, I've got that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So, so what is, what is bad habits and, and what is your mission? Oh, okay. So bad habits is a tip of the hat to all of us in the military that walked out, um, that got out of the military and we, and we still have bad habits, uh, from the military. So it could be anything from, you know, like the way we put our shoes under the bed to the three fingers between the hangers to the three fingers or the one finger salute that we give people to everything. It's our bad habits. And I started it because as a veteran myself, I'm in the film industry and I found that acting helped me with my PTSD. Uh, where else can you play a loving mom one day and a serial killing nun the next and get away with it all? So um, <laughs> it was very therapeutic for me and became a coping mechanism. And I went from there on to starting my own production company, Bad Habits Productions, and wanted to hire 60% of my cast and crew to be veterans, but noticed that in Louisiana there wasn't as many veterans that were in the film industry. So I knew what it did for me. So I started two years ago, I started Bad Habits Organization, which trains veterans for free and anything in the entertainment industry. Um, we use the local professionals here. If it's a, if it's somebody to teach guitar, we do that. Uh, we pay them through the organization uh, to teach. And then if you have a uh, director and he needs a first AD or a second uh, first, first AD, second AD, any of that, then, then they have a pool of people to, pull from because they've trained all these veterans and then because in this industry you've got to know somebody to get in basically into you know something more than background extra so uh they would be able to have a foot in the door either by me or other people and um it, that all costs money uh <laughs> so now what, what, is, what is your your recruitment method and, and like how how would People, you know, how do you reach out to people or how would people reach out to you that are looking to get into that industry? I my recruitment method is social media, um, going to a lot of the Louisiana veteran groups, uh, getting out on the rants and raves here in all the, the parishes or word of mouth. Um, it's it's kind of rough to do it because being a new organization still under three years, they usually a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's all these other veteran organizations and things that we can give to. And we don't understand what's going on and why why would we need them in the film industry? And I said, well, you know, we film a lot of stuff down here. We of course, we did NCIS New Orleans. We filmed the latest uh interview with the vampire television series we filmed the winchesters which is the prequel to um supernatural got the, yes thank you I, yeah <laughs> here to see, help there went, i was like I, it's psychological or something so you know and yeah, then you we see dean's that, face uh, you can see yeah, everybody's face but you, yeah i can see i can see <laughs> dean's face yeah um so then we went uh they also we also filmed national treasure the television series here and T, uh scream the television series was filmed up in baton rouge so you know, there's a lot, and I just did a movie last year with Sigourney Weaver. I play, I was doing location screw work for her film, um, Master Gardener, and we actually brought in caterers all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, 
And so I was like, wow, we, we bring them in from other other states because a lot of times we don't have enough people, whether it be catering or any of it. So that made me like even more into knowing we needed to do something, not only for the film industry, but for the veterans. If, if they have PTSD, there's many ways to, to cope with it from writing scripts to, uh, to just being a military consultant on a show. Like there's one called, there's a new Marine TV show they're filming down here. It was named the pink Marine, but they changed the name of it. Um, but they, they wanted a bunch of Marines for that or military that already knew how to march that looked young for the basic training. So, you know, you have a lot of things and, um, the, the best part is the film industry structure is so similar to the military that you, it's an easy transition. And when I got out of the military, I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, that's one reason I joined the reserves. And then after the reserves, I definitely didn't know what I was going to do. So that, that made a difference. And to be able to do this and to have a 90% disability rating with 10% individual unemployability, I was afraid with the acting and everything, because I'd work every year for just a, just a little bit, I was afraid that I would lose my individual unemployability. And they said, no, um, because this isn't considered a promoter, promotable job. And, um, it's not full time. So, like you have professional bass fishermen that are veterans that, uh, go out and once or twice a year make 60 grand in a tournament and they're on individual unemployability. I was like, wait, how do they make six? 60 grand. I could do that. And they said, yeah, you got to be outside in the sun and fish. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't do that. So, you know, it was just this whole, no, that's outside. It's not air conditioned. And, um, you have little squiggly things you have to put and you grab fish. That's all. No, all of that (laughs) speaks terror to me. So, um, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not good with stuff like that. I will probably be the worst survivor of the apocalypse ever because I will be like just I just screamed I'll be like I need a real toilet I need air conditioning I need wi-fi just I'm, don't I'm sorry, touch this me. toilet does not have a bidet <laughs> right uh sorry what I'm supposed to use what leaf and that which one is the wrong one so yeah I just you know, when I went to uh, AT, the one time I went off to summer camp at Yermo, my uh, summer camp commander had nicknamed me within two days, Private Benjamin. So I and I tried my best to live up to it. Um, and for like, you youngins, if you haven't seen that movie, look it up. Yes. <laughs> Probably right now the better one is Private Valentine with Jessica Simpson, Um which I was in with her, but uh, you only see the back side of me, which <laughs> I mean, hey, at least something got paid. Uh, <laughs> and I made $800 to throw underwear in her face. <laughs> all of thirty seven than only fans, right? <laughs> it could have been. You know, what's funny is it's the back side. I didn't tell my friends I was in it and uh, I was in my BDUs in it. And I get these screenshots because they saw it on TV or something. And I, I got these screenshots of we know this, but. that's what you get out of this not hey good aim nothing but we know this but so yeah but but the you know i was there all day but i got paid eight hundred dollars for literally two minutes worth of work 
Nice. Felt like a rich prostitute, you know, but <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have to give anything up. I was even saying except you didn't have to work. Um. <laughs> I sat in a trailer all day. I mean, you know. Sounds like my uncle. He uh he had a small little role in the peacemaker with the oh what the hell's his name? George Clooney. Uh-huh. And he, he was a extra where he drove a cab and he slammed on the brakes a couple of times, sticks his head out to the window and he goes, come on, you know, five oh. seconds of fame and got $375. Woo. Yes. He was a featured extra. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. And that's, you know, that's the fun part is you can be a background extra. We always need background extras um, for everything that we do. And you get paid like 125 for 12 hours of being there, being there, but you may only work 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And the rest of the time you're sitting in hopefully in an air conditioned spot, sometimes not, but they have snacks and you just sit and eat all day. But then, you know, I got into, I worked on, on screen, the television series in Baton Rouge's locations and, uh, trial by fire and really enjoyed it and started doing locations work for the film industry and scouting. And that's how I ended up on master gardener as a locations assistant manager. And, um, was, we filmed up in St. Francisville and that was amazing to work and didn't really get to communicate with Sigourney Weaver or any of the other people, but the people behind the scenes were amazing. And I really, it just solidified I like doing the low man on the totem pole job of, you know, it's one of those locations is needed, but nobody wants to see them until they need them. And we work while the film industry works 12 hour days, locations is there an hour before and however long it takes to lock up. So it's a 14, 15 hour day. We get paid the same as the rest of the crew, but we also work longer and take care of things like picking up the trash Securing the location, um, making sure the toilets don't overflow kind of stuff. But I, I really love it because it's, it's a hardworking job and I can, I look at everything and I'm able to go, okay, this needs to be taken care of because this could become a safety issue. And that's where my military training comes in is that, you know, we all look, we know our jobs in the military, but at the same time, we're always looking out, have each other's six and then turn around and are able to look to see if we, if, is this going to be a safety issue? Right. And what's our, uh, what's our contingency, contingency plan of, if this happens. So it, it's one of those that you're trying to preempt the issues. And that's where locations comes in again, because everyone else is like, well, I don't know. And you're okay. Let me try to figure this out. And, and, you know, that's what I like about it. And then it was just wanting to, to start telling veteran stories. And so I ended up moving up to owning my own production company and seeing that I needed, I needed people to work with me. Um, and I want to work with veterans. I would rather work with veterans. And it doesn't matter if, if they're disabled, if, if they've lost both legs or they're, Whatever the deal is, if they've got TBIs, we have editing. We have so much in this industry. We can use people. We can use medics. And worse, and if they're like, I don't want to speak on camera. Okay, well, I can put you as a background extra for the day or, or something. I can put you in accounting. I can, there's so much that can be done. And I will, and I'm one of the few that would be like, Oh, you've got a VA appointment. Okay. Just let me, we'll get you, you know, you're good for the day. I'll make sure you're, you can get to it because that's the other thing in the film industry. If you get sick, 
unless you're going to the emergency room, most of the time they're like, nope, got to be here. And so it, it's, it's a rough but loving job. It's one of those when you get to see your name, even though it scrolls past at 25 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine was flying to Singapore and just so happened Master Gardener came on and she didn't see, she fell asleep through the whole thing, but she woke up for the credits and saw my name and she was like, it was well worth the $25 sleep through. So, I mean, it was just, you know, I was like, oh crap, my name's in there. Ah, there goes my hidden uh, witness protection program situation. <laughs> well, you, you, you touched on something that I, I want to make clear to everybody. <clears throat> and for those that are just tuning in, it is Barracks Talk. Uh, we've got Deanna from Bad Habits Productions, uh, nonprofit 501c3. Um, I want to make sure that everybody knows you're not SAG-AFTRA. So you, you no. don't have to conform to these union. And, and I, I know people love unions. That's great. You know what? Good for you. But at the same time, unions can be just as bad. And mm. right well, now, yeah. unions are just as bad for the film industry but as they not, are for But it's not actually, it's not the unions. It's right. the, it's the big movie producers. So what's happened is the, the, the writer's strike happened because your writers on television shows or anything are getting paid for that season or that episode. Well, when it's in rerun, like some of these older shows are, they don't get residuals from that. So they were, and sometimes they're, they're asked to work nonstop or to rewrite on, on the fly. And so a lot of times they get yelled at and things like that. And all they're asking for is to be treated equal and equal pay and they're not getting it. And then you have SAG after, which I'm not, the reason I'm not is I don't work on enough programs, but I'm also in a right, uh, uh, right to work state. So there's no reason for it here. Now, if I was in LA, then yes, or New York, then yes. Or if I was doing a lot on TV or in the movies, then yes, of course I would be because of the benefits of it. But here I don't have to be. And, and the reason we, we're on strike one in support of the writers guild. Because, you know, we can't act without writers. Um, and then also, we don't, us and crew don't want to work 12-hour days. Crew, it is so hard for them to work. You know, you got to remember they're working hard for 12 hours. And a lot of your actors are working hard, especially on the TV shows. So just even asking to bring it down to 10-hour days, the the companies and these big wigs don't want to do that. They they If they could work us 20 hours a day, they probably would. Now they're great. Some of them are really great. Some are really bad, but the strikes are there to try and benefit the people that are working. And I, I wholeheartedly get it. Um, it's a dangerous for our crew. It's dangerous working. We know working 12 hours, what it's like. Uh, a lot of our crew that are dealing with, you know, we wouldn't ask, uh, a crew chief to go out and arm a B 52 after 12 hours of working. Uh, on their feet and everything. I don't think that we would in a war maybe, but you know, it's, it's just, it get things happen. And yeah, look um, at Baldwin. Right <laughs> now that that's a whole other, that's a uh, whole other story that had a lot of, this is going to happen situation. And a lot of people in production in the producers uh, realm that ignored a lot of things. And I think that's, that's why when we have actors and crew that go up and become producers and directors and higher up, 
that there's a little bit more respect because they understand where, where everything started and what needs to be done. It's like the director for my first film wants to do eight hour days. And I was like, I don't know if we can pull that off because that means longer, longer time filming, but I'm good with 10 hour days. If we can get eight hours and that's and, and call it quits and I'm even better with it. But you know, there's, I don't, thing, I don't know. My thing with independence, right. And mm-hmm. I, you know, Hollywood is great as for benefits. I'm not going to deny that at all. My thing for, uh, for independence though, is you have so much freedom, right? You're not, you're not in this, in this box where you have to do this because of this, this, and this, you're making what you want to make more than what I think the audience will. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've not watched too many Hollywood movies in the past 10 years, just because it's the same. It's, it's the same bullshit. I've got more independent movies in the last 10 years under my belt watching that I had rather pay twenty thirty dollars for if I went to a movie theater than I right. would a Hollywood movie, and that's even including all these Marvel and Avengers and, and shit like that. Um, not saying I don't like my 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 superheroes. I like my superheroes, but it, it's it's just well, yeah. so yeah. It's so with independence, a lot of it. Um, we do do a lot of independent. It's the budget. When you hit the budget, then things start changing. Well, right. you're ultra low budget or you're this budget. And when you hit a certain budget, tier one or whatever, you do have to go kind of sad, which is, right. which is fine. I, and, and everything like Mark Ruffalo, uh, said he would rather see during a strike like this, he would rather see the actors and, and crew get together and form their own production companies and do their own thing. And I'm, I'm behind that 100%. Um, you know, when you've got a good thing going with your cast and crew, then, then you run with it. Yeah. Including the writers. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. Like, that's why they have the tax credits. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Um, that's one of the things that, and it's not, it's the film industry. It's the music industry. It's the whole entertainment industry. Yep. When people come in and they're new and they're fresh, they are so happy to have a contract that they don't really even look at how, good or bad that contract is or don't realize how badly they may be getting fucked. Like you said yep. about like residuals for, for, for writers, for shows that are, you know, that may run for 30, there are shows that have been on, on simulcast for 30 years. Yeah. Right. And right. these people are not getting paid for this. And I think right. the also, you know, another thing that's misconstrued is people think, Oh, they want 20% residuals. No, just a percent. I would be happy with if I was a writer well, and that well, and show if if, went for 20, 30 years. Well, yeah. And if, and if you're a, a background contributor, yep. like not everybody is, is an A-list actor mm-hmm. or actress or, or a stage musician, but all of the other people that are involved in our contributors are very important also. And they deserve their pay, their due. So don't yeah. never undervalue yourself if you're in one of these industries. Yeah. And another and, thing that you know, people, that's a, yeah. I'm sorry. Another thing that people are thinking is that these actors, these writers, these extras, the crew are wanting residuals because all oh, these are multi-billion dollar companies. First off, that's, that's far from the truth. Like, yeah, they're multi-billion dollar companies, but they could go down tomorrow just because of one bad production. We all know that. Oh, We've seen it happen, right? Oh, absolutely. 
The it thing does. is, uh, the thing yeah. is, it's, it's, it needs to be in the contract that once we make this profit and if we make that profit plus whatever, everybody gets a percentage, right? Whether it's up to a 50% for everybody on crew or, or whatever, that's all they're asking for. And they're not asking for $250,000 from here on out to the fucking day they die or for right. 75 years after they die for copyright reasons. Like they're not asking for the fucking bank and the world. Like they really aren't. I know, yeah. I know the media is portraying it that way. Cause when I seen it in the media, I just rolled my eyes <laughs> and I hate rolling right. my yeah. eyes. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's like, so, um, Usually crew and background extras do not get residuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I understand that, you know, there's just, uh, there's just, it's, it's, it's just not done, but to be able to, to be able to eventually, maybe if you're in a television series, like they filmed claws down here and they needed some crap stealers. And I went to my friends at the casino and I said, they need crap stealers. So here's where you apply. And they ended up moving one of mine up to a featured extra with speaking roles. Um, you know, so that was great because she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. I've worked the whole season on the show. People just want to be treated well. Um, I've, I've had people call me that were background extras on a, on, on a movie down here. And then said, well, we were in a tent and the tent had two inches of water in it and all the electrical sockets, all the, the extension cords were on the ground. And I was like, get out of there now. And they said, well, we're not allowed. I was like, no, your safety's first. You go and you get out. And they said, well, the, the extras wrangler. I said, push them over, get out. And then the tent flew off. And so, um, you know, that, that was safety is my number one concern. I don't care if this is the thing we have to, um, Lightning within six, we have to shut down. But we know that lightning can hit 15, 20 miles away and travel through the ground. But we don't, we, it's a safety issue we have to, we have to, you know, uh, look at. But there are a lot of things that, that, that we're doing. Um, when I, when I did private Valentine, my residuals slowly went down every quarter from 30 or $40 down to, I think they mailed me something. They mailed me a check for two pen, two cents. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Um, which I'm, I was just grateful to have things like that. I don't think I cashed that one though. <laughs> I think I just laughed at it and maybe threw it away. Yeah. Um, recoil. And I was <laughs> talked about this on the, on the show before, you know, it's, people think these streaming services for music are just the greatest thing ever. And these artists are making all this music, but you've got a band with five members and you don't start making money until you got 10,000 plus spins, which is a listen for those that don't know. And then you've got to pay not only your manager, but you've also got to play, pay the streaming service nine times out of 10, something of that. And then you've yeah. got to go all the way down. And by the time it gets to each individual member, they might make a half a cent. Maybe right off of that one right. listen. And by the time they've played or had a million spins or listens, uh, for again, for those that don't know, they may have made a hundred dollars on a million listens. Like that's, right. that's stupid. That's, that's I, for lack of a better term, retarded. I'll say it. It's retarded. It is. It, and it it's, is. it's and, you know, sad, it's especially in that. this world. Right. I mean, yeah. 
30 years ago, 40 years ago, we didn't have all these streaming services. And it's great that we do because more people are able to listen to the music. However, it's so bad that corporations are like, yeah, well, you got to pay for this, that, and the other. And yeah, half a cent, man, you should be grateful. Right. Really? Well, you know, you look <laughs> back at the Brady Bunch and uh, Mayberry and all those they don't, they didn't get residuals. Yeah. All this stuff is still replaying. It was, I think it was the late eighties that they started giving mm-hmm. residuals. And even in commercials, you see somebody do a commercial, our bread and butter when we do a commercial is the residuals you get off of it. If it goes national. Well, um, a good example of that, money. a good example of that and today's modern technology, AI, <clears throat> where we're using lookalike voices, uh, if you will or sound alike yeah. voices or, or look alike digital recreations of whatever. Um, you know, there was right. the big controversy with what's his name in star Wars, a big wake up in the eighties was Tom Waits where Doritos done a commercial where they had a song sung and they wanted Tom Waits to do it. And he was like, I'm not doing it. Cause he, he was totally against corporate. He didn't want his face being used to sell a product. Or his, 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 his voice. Well, Doritos found this dude that sounded identical to Tom Waits. Oh, no. He hears this ad and he's like, you bitches getting sued. He won because yeah. it, I've heard the ad. If I didn't know that it wasn't Tom Waits, I was like, dude, Tom Waits done a Doritos ad in the eighties. He didn't fucking do it. And that's a big problem with technology. As great as technology right. is, it, it can hurt us in that in that sense, right? Like it can take away from someone's plate. It can take away from someone's family. And I don't think people understand that aspect as far as technology is concerned. Like I love the fact that we can go out here and do all this stuff with AI. It's wonderful. It's just like synth in the eighties. It was a tool, but it also took away from very amazing artists who could actually pay, play a fucking keyboard at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. as we've went on, we've learned that AI isn't that smart. <laughs> you can only do so well, much with sense ar- technology, yeah. right? They've turned around and now they're talking about using AI for our background actors. And yeah, I've, I've seen that's that. That's ridiculous. I've seen because that. Because we have a, yeah, we've had a lot of people that, look, we just need normal people walking in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing a lot of our background actors that haven't been, and, and they, 99% are just wanting to be on set because they're, they don't work full time. They're retired. It's kids, whatever it is. Um, they just want to be on set. And that little extra money is something for them. Plus it gets them out of the house mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's great. But the other, the problem that I have to explain to everybody is you're not going to be, um, discovered and boom, immediately be on. To yeah. go for, you know, to go for something there, there's an old lady that started her acting four years ago and ended up immediately a year ago. She's one of the rec- most recognizable people on um, uh, Black Panther. She played one of the elders and that, you know, you have people that make it. I've been doing this since 2006, but I haven't forced it because I don't want to move out of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I like Louisiana. I don't want to sit there and have to work every day, uh, you know, going through audition after, which is great. Now we get to do video auditions, but I didn't want to go out to L.A. where I'm one in 
5,000, at least here, I'm one for my, for everything that I do, I'm one in maybe 500. Mm -hmm. So if that much, and, and it's all in who you know and what you do and work with, uh, my agents don't get paid unless I get paid. Right. So I have to, you know, whether I'm on a, a union film or not, and they're going to, they're going to fight for me and they're going to look at all the legal aspects and make sure I'm not being taken advantage of under any circumstance as far as my acting go. Now, when I do locations, um, I look at everything and I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm going to get paid what the rest of the crew gets paid, but I better have, have people working with me as part of my locations crew so that we're not working ourselves to death. Because I, I know I've worked on one set where I ended up working. I was getting paid hourly at that one, but I worked almost an 18 hour day and turned around and had to get up the next morning and go park cruise parking. But I had, you know, it's, it, it was a lot. And um I laughed because I was going to get paid hourly and I, I told my manager, because I was assistant on that one also, I said, do they realize that we work minimum 14-hour days? And she's like, I mentioned it to them. Mm-hmm. But when I worked that <laughs> long day, they were like, what was she doing? Well, I was putting up the directional signs. And I couldn't put them up until after we moved from one location to the next. So I was putting them up in the dark on a busy highway. Right. Um, by myself. I, I hate this. To bounce back just for a second to yeah. to what Bo was talking about earlier, it's it happened long before AI. Man, look at Ray Parker Jr. singing the, yeah. the theme song to Ghostbusters instead of Huey Lewis. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. I know you said you're a five hundred one c three, the Bad Habits yes. organization. What yes. do you have coming up to help raise funds okay. that was so time sensitive in us getting you on either last weekend or this weekend? Right, because well, one, I had. I, I was like all on you guys about please, please pulling that whiny stuff. I should have been a Marine doing that, but, um, I, <laughs> so we have, I have the organization, bad habits organization. It's been open for two and a half years. It's hard to get funding. So everything that the, the object of doing this fundraiser for it on September 30th is one to raise money for the organization, not just mine. I have two others that are in, that I've decided to give to from it and to get recognition. So at my fundraiser dinner, the Lieutenant Governor donated him and the Louisiana Seafood Board donated 200 pounds of shrimp already deheaded, deshelled and deveined. Um, to the, to this, which is $2,500 worth of shrimp. Um, so that was donated by them. The lieutenant governor is a big advocate for veterans and the film industry. Then, so now not only do I have that, but we also have an online auction and then we have stuff in person and a lot of things going on that night, which it's, it's great because the, the fundraiser is meant to be able to buy things that are needed. Uh, computers to be able to edit on, to be able to write your script, to be able to do uh, your production on uh, cameras, because you can't expect a veteran to go out and buy a $2,500 camera when they don't know if they want to be a cinematographer. So all of this I pay, I have to pay for, or I don't have to, but I do to supply them. And then we pay for the instructors to come in from the local industry to train them and, so I have to get all the equipment and I've reached out to these, uh, camera places and to like a, 
uh, Dama uh, and Sony and all of them. I've reached out to them. I've reached out to computer places, everything. Look, give me your older stuff, the stuff that is out of date. Give that to me. Give me your refurbish. I will take that. And so far, none of them have done that. So I have to raise the money to purchase everything, including the software. And, um, you know, when you add that up, it it comes out to like a lot of money and then to pay the instructors to come in. And we only teach on the weekends because veterans have things to do during the week. They have their appointments. They may have part-time jobs. They may just not want to come out five days a week. So we do it on the weekend just for a couple hours each day. And then they come back the next weekend. They do have, they do sign a contract to finish because it's the instructor takes time out of their personal schedule to do this. So if they don't finish the course, then they owe us back the money that we paid for them to take the course. Um, But, you know, this is, this is why it's so important because it's getting the word out, but it's also, it's, it's also having people involved and seeing, okay, we have veterans, we have a support. um, They need to be able to do this. And then like, the online auction, it's, it's helping the Louisiana honor flight that takes veterans for the day from Vietnam, Korean war and Vietnam to, um, or from world war two, I'm sorry, world war two, Vietnam and Korean war to, uh, DC for the day to visit the memorials. And that's free to those veterans. And I flew with them last year to video it. And I saw that, wow, they couldn't take all the veterans they wanted to because they didn't have the money. And they have to, and then the guardians have to pay their own way, which is $400. So it's, that became a passion of mine. And then the other, like 5% goes to them, 5% goes to the Louisiana Women Veterans Funeral Fund, because our women, these women veterans travel all across the state to go to women, women veteran funerals and present the colors if nobody's there to do that, um, to read poems about and just to be there to show their support for, uh, uh, for the, for the women veterans. And that's important because we're losing, people don't realize that we had women veterans in World War II all the way back to the American Revolution. And it's not recognized. And so this is, that was dear to me too, because I, I've, I've, you know, I, me and my mom are veterans and, and that is important. So 5% goes to those two and then 90% comes back to the organization. And that's on the online auction that we're doing. But and that runs the from the 25th here shortly in a couple yes, of days to the 30th, yes, correct? Absolutely. So it'll go up, um, on the, on the 25th, the link will go up where people can bid. And oh my God, some of the things we have, like a riverboat cruise with Natchez, uh, the Natchez riverboat, uh, I think it's Natchez Queen and they have a dinner on there. And they donated that. They, you know, you have, uh, I have a veteran that, that makes, uh, jewelry and she put the Star Spangled Ban- Banner notes on a bracelet and donated that. I have, you know, there's so many different things. It's so different stuff that was donated. I had a Faubarge, I think it's Faubarge or Faberge brewery down in New Orleans donated uh, four cases of beer and I never even knew they existed. And, um, they said, well, you can't wrap, you can't online auction it off. And I was like, yeah, no, it has to be in person. And, um, so I'm like, okay, well, I can give it away as part of some of our gifts that we do. 
But yeah, there's so much going on that I just want to make it entertaining. I want, I want people to see that, Hey, there's so much that veterans can do. And, and that's the thing, whether you work crew or background or anything, when you work on a commercial, you work on a film, you can, you can say, wow, I helped that come together. And people don't realize that our crew and even our background extras are so pertinent to a story. You know, how good, how good would the friend's coffee shop be if you didn't have people in the background? Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you or mention is that you are absolutely adamant on at least 60% veterans of the cast and crew. Do you want to explain yes. that for everybody? Cause I know somebody's going to be like, well, why not a hundred percent? Well, yeah. Um, I, Hey, I'll go a hundred percent if I've got enough veterans. Um, that's the one thing like you see where you get. In the, in the film industry, a lot of the states have tax credits. The one thing you don't see for their tax credits for a lot of things is that you hired veterans. And I'm going to be pushing that here to do that. But I have to understand, if I can hire 100% veterans, I will. But hitting 60% is going to be hard, especially when they're not trained. Now, I do know through that there are some places that have, like, veterans in media and entertainment. They are great. They're out in L.A., but I don't have enough veterans here to fill those positions at this time. They have to be trained. And and that is why I can't. Now, hey, if if I get um, if I get um, somebody that's going to invest in my film and says it has to be 100 percent veterans and they can come from anywhere as long as they're here working on it, then I'll do it. And, and that's hard on an, as an independent film producer to find the investors I need. Yeah. But if, if somebody's out there rich and want, wants to give me my first feature is going to be like four million and that's a low budget. Yeah. But if somebody wants to pop in four million dollars, then, and they say it has to be a hundred percent veterans, I will find a hundred percent veterans. Yeah. I, I mean, I also I'll, I'll want- pull you guys in. I also, I also want people to realize. We got the face for radio. You don't want us on film. Trust us. Uh, well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to put y'all in front of the camera. You know. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. To, right. Uh, we do need people to do other things like uh, guard the area, tackle people. With uh, with what Deanna said, I also want people to realize there are some roles that some veterans just cannot do, and that's not because they can't act, but because it'll bring up something from the past, and you don't want to do oh, yeah. that. You do not want to do that's, that. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I plan to do, because I know with as a person who who struggles with PTSD, that anything can set you off and you don't know it can be a smell. And that's the one thing I want to do on my sets, no matter what it is. I want to have a therapist available. Yeah. And nobody has thought about doing that because we don't know what will set us off. It can be a sound from a truck going by in the background. It can be a smell. It can be. Simple backfire. Yeah. You know, the only production that I know that has done that in recent times was Sons of Anarchy. And there was a lot of those guys that got so deep into their characters. They absolutely needed that. Right. Cause I mean, if you watch that show, you can tell some of them were in some hard places when they done those roles. Like, I don't know if I could have done some of those roles. In retrospect. Yeah. You know, you have to build the character and give the character life. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times you dive into their background. Like I have an acting coach here who says, give me your background from the day your character was born up until this minute. Yeah. And 
So I had to give dates. I had to give everything. And he was surprised. He's like, wow, you came up and you went in, like I went into everything that I did was leap year. So I looked up everything with the leap year and everything I coincided. He's like, I can't believe you went that far. And then the college you went to and all of this kind of stuff and what you did. And then you pulled in all of these veterans to be just people in the family and you named them all. And he says, "Um, why don't you write scripts? And I said, because I can't have that many voices in my head. Right. Uh, (laughs) If you're just tuning in live, badhabits.org with a Z, Zulu, I-T-Z.org. If you go over to fundraiser, you will find uh, the casino night if you are going to be in that area or you can just donate. Now, just to clarify, just to clarify the auction that you're having, it will show up Mm -hmm. uh, between the 25th and the 30th on your website, correct? Yes. So the link will be there and there's a lot of things that you can get. I'm still working on a few other things uh, to get for that. But if somebody just wants to donate $5, that's fine. Every little bit helps. Here's the other thing. Some employers will match your donation as an employee. So I had, I had a veteran donate a hundred dollars. His employer double matches his, his, um, Donation. So they're going to give me $200 and everything on this, on the donations, everything is tax deductible. So if you're a company that want to do that, or even if I need, even if somebody says, Hey, we want to sponsor your organization and send you $50 a month. That's a tax write-off. I will, I will take somebody that sponsors, sponsors the organization for $5 a month. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point of, it's it's more about supporting the veterans than than anything else at this at this point. Um, and that's all that that's all that matters. Nobody started a 501c3 in order to get rich as far as the veterans are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it because they love the veterans and they support the veterans and they see what veterans go through and the red tape we go through. And that's the other thing with my organization. When they're doing the film stuff, if they need help trying to get their benefits, I have people and just my experience alone, I can sit there and I can, we can write up there with the VSO how to do this and what paperwork you need. Let's get a hold of your medical records. They're not going to, the, the disability people are not going to look at your CD of your medical records. You're going to have to print them up and highlight exactly what happened and and they're like they'll say like well you need a buddy letter because 40 years ago this happened but we need a buddy letter i don't even know i barely know what branch i was in and where (laughs) i was stationed during that time and you want me to find somebody that knew me i was strong how am i going to know anybody Well, if you were DV6, you were doing everything but the right thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> before I forget, we were talking during pre-show, and I do want to bring this up because you wanted us to bring this up because it yeah. is something that I think a lot of people uh, could benefit from that are wanting to get into the film industry. But October 20th through the 22nd, you're offering a film training class. Can you tell us a little bit yes. about that and how people can get involved with that? Ooh, is okay. it in person? So it, is it, it is video? Here or? in Baton Rouge. Uh, the director of my feature film is running it. We're going to go through the basics of storytelling, the script analysis and the structure. We're going to do the film structure, the crew positions, the job descriptions and the hierarchy of it because everyone's like, well, I just want to be a director. Well, there's a way to do it. 
Um, we're going to go through the camera, how to get the shot, the breakdown of the camera, the angles, the lenses, the shot comp- shot compositions and the framing, because that's the one thing you have to do when you're going to go film. You're going to, you know, I have to film this angle, this angle, and this angle. I also need to do uh, a wide shot. I need to do a mid. I need to do a close-up. Things like that that you don't think of and that the camera and the director have to go through. You have to know about the lighting. So we're going to cover that and what kind of what kind of lighting is needed. Do we want bright lighting? Do we want low? Do we want to put a filter on it to make it look um, black? not black and white, but, you know, with a little bit of a yellow or a tint. And then we're going to go through pre-production, which is just prepping and getting the hands-on experience in the various uh, departments. And like pre-production has a lot to do with locations too, because we have to, um, as locations, we, we have to, read the script and then find the places and then bring the directors out and they'll be like, okay, yes, we like this. We want to do that. And then they have to negotiate the price and then locations again takes over to secure the site, to do everything, to work with the property owners, everything. So this all encompasses things like that. They're getting their, getting the idea of where they want to be, what they want to do instead of, Hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Okay. Let me, and I don't want to throw them into anything they're not interested in. And that's the thing about my, my production, my organization is instead of sending them, because people ask, well, can I just go to film school? Well, yeah, but still, you know, you go four years to film school, you're still going to start out low man on the totem pole. So. As uh, with any job for that matter. I mean. Right. Or career for that matter. Right. And, and people you know, it, it's hard. And so at least I can give them the hands-on experience, get them in and let them go. I didn't want to accreditate my film school because it's like going to AIT or something. You went to basic. So you've got the, the pure basic understanding of the military. Now you're going to get your MOS, AIT, um, uh, tech school, whatever to specialize in your career. And from there, then you go to your job and you work on it even more. So that's the way I'm doing my film school. You want to work locations? Fine. That's what we're going to train you on is locations. You still need to know your the, the lingo for the walkie-talkie. You still need to know who has what position. You can't <laughs> turn around and tell the director he's in your way uh, when you're carrying something. Well, you can. Something. You won't be there very long. You can right. be. <laughs> now, we'll be. Will yeah. people the military, be there's consequences if you do. Uh. <laughs> now, will people be able to do this yeah. via something like Zoom or will they need to be in person in Baton Rouge? They will. So we are doing, we're doing a bunch of them in Baton Rouge to start with, but we also will be doing them in, in New Orleans. Now, the whole idea is eventually I've had people in Chicago ask me, hey, when you get this up and running, let us know we want to we want to bounce off of you and that's fine too it's just to start the program to hit the basics of like three or four computers and software and cameras i'm looking at 300,000 to start with and then i need 100,000 each year because i got to bring the the people in so i have to be able to pay them a good amount and that's where this comes in right now again it's baton rouge and maybe new orleans but I would like to take it to North Louisiana because we have a film studio up there. Um, I'd like to get it out to other places. There are a few things that you can Zoom, such as script writing. But what I found with Zooming is people don't take it as serious. Um, 
when you're doing a class, you, you're like, ah, I can miss this or I can, I can put, um, a screensaver up and not really take the class. And I know this because I've done it. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm that person. Um, so I'm not, you're not as obligated when you can go by Zoom and you don't have that human touch, <clears throat> excuse me, of somebody sitting there and going, okay, now you're in Final Cut and you're doing this, but yes, you missed this. So let me show you how to get to it. I took um, a semester of editing and I didn't know for the first three days how to turn on a damn back and, and work because Final Cut, I didn't know all you had to do was, I couldn't even find the tower. They were like, there's no tower, sweetie. It's in the, it's in the, uh, the, the screen. And I was like, well, how do I turn on the damn computer? They were like, you just jiggle the mouse. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Found out real quick. I don't like editing. Right. For those that may have missed it, bad habits with a Z dot org, uh, September 25th through the 30th, there will be an auction that you can go check out on September 30th. 30th Baton Rouge. They will be having a dinner fundraiser. Uh, and you can get in on that if you're in the area or you're going to be in the area, uh, by going again to bad habits with a Z.org. And also October, um, 20th through 22nd. 20th through the 22nd will be the film training class. Uh, and if you want to reach out, to Deanna uh, about anything, badhabits.org. All that will be in the description of the podcast. Rekill Oink Wardog, is there anything you'd like to say to Deanna? No, I just want to say, you know, thanks for coming on. Obviously, you know, some of the most creative people I've met have been veterans. So this is a great outlet for them to get into, you know, something they may not know that they're going to enjoy and actually make a career out of, you know, a second career right. out of. So, and, and you it's know. therapeutic. It's very, exactly. I mean, you know, we even have spots for, for EOD. So. Right. I don't uh, want to tell you something. <laughs> recoil. <laughs> right. I mean, medics, EOD, um, though, I think the only spot I don't have, available is for um lieutenants they, they would get lost on the way there anyway right. don't worry about that right i know recoil war dog i've just been in awe by the listening to everything um i everything i i even thought i uh had a simple grasp of understanding in the film industry. You just open my eyes to and let me know I really don't know shit. <laughs> so I appreciate it. So you're going to come work on one of my films, right? I need a locations uh, trash picker upper. No, <laughs> but, you know that's the thing is that's the other thing is is locations is low man on the totem pole. But I think every person that's working crew should start there because it gives you a deeper respect of what what happens because you see all know all but they don't recognize you until they need you and then just work good then go to your thing your the the position you want because i guarantee you if you're picking up trash for 12 hours you're definitely not going to throw it when you're working props or something like that you're not going to throw a water bottle down on the ground after that right uh recoil no i'm i'm good uh it's been awesome Recoil's scared now. Recoil's like, yeah, I'll just go eat the popcorn. I'm good. <laughs> hey, popcorn's delicious. No, thank right? you for thank you for coming on. Uh, I want to hear how everything goes with the auction and uh, the dinner when you guys do that. Um, yeah, I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to 
try and get some behind the scenes videography of it and everything. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping it's good. And if, if people don't want to do the auction, if they want to just donate five or $10, Hey, that's good. Why not challenge your buddies, your, your battle buddies? Hey, I'm going to put in five. Why don't you match me? Awesome. So you heard it here, folks. Bad habits with a Z dot org. Go donate. Help some veterans get in the film industry. Um, as always, let's wrap everything up and then we'll say our good nights and all that good stuff. Uh, recoil last thoughts for our live listeners and podcast. As always, be safe and look, keep looking out for each other, fuckers. Woohoo! Mr. Wardog. Yeah, so I joke a lot about the psych ward gang and my own hospitalizations and, uh, struggles with PTSD. But if you happen to run into any mental health crisis on your own, do not be ashamed nor afraid to dial 988 and choose option one. Again, if you happen to run into any form of a mental health crisis, do not be afraid nor ashamed, uh, as I wasn't to reach out and dial nine eight eight. Choose option one. Have a good week. Salute. One hundred thousand percent. Let's go to war. Mister Wardog always likes to <laughs> yell out. Uh, Deanna, last thoughts for our live listeners and podcast. Um, you know, just keep on keeping going and. Um, Follow your dreams, no matter what it is. You made it through the military, basic training. You can do anything you set your mind to. Absolutely. Mr. Oink, and then I'll do my spiel, and we'll get on out of here. Get on out of here. That's right. Hey, have you heard at the beginning of the show, the Objective Zero Foundation enhances social connectedness and access to wellness and mental health resources to just about everybody. But did you know 18% of the suicides in the U.S. are veterans? And although veterans make up less than 7% of the population, 18 to 34 year old veterans have the highest rate of suicide, but yet female veterans. Yes, our female veterans are 250% more likely to die by suicide than our civilian women. So if you haven't done it yet, head on to objectivezero.org, download the free, you know, app for your Android or iOS device, have that app ready when you need it, when your battle buddy needs it, it's going to connect you to the people willing to talk to you 24 seven about anything. So, you know, it, it's a great tool to have in your pocket at any time. So head over to, again, to objectivezero.org and check those folks out. Also at objective zero, you can be completely anonymous. You do not have to use any real information. You can choose whomever you wish to speak with at any given time. And don't forget dbfarm.org. We need to get that septic system fixed so we can continue the mission with helping our addicted homeless vets. It's 25 grand that we need before the winter hits because then it'll go up because New Hampshire sucks and the ground likes to freeze up there, which means it'll be <laughs> 30, 40, 50,000 fucking dollars that we still can't fucking raise. So go help us dbfarm.org to find out more information about that also dvradio.net click on dv radio store six days for 20 percent off your entire order pts dog betsy ross sergeant ward dog dv farm and dv radio as well as dv against dv and your life matters merchandise get it now uh, get your 20 percent off your order uh i was trying to think i thought i had something else but i don't i don't think uh probably do i'll put i'll put it in a podcast if i remember it yeah uh, Crayons are off. 
99.9% on sell at <laughs> evradio.net. Right. <laughs> if that was the case, I think Wardog would be, uh, he'd be full yeah. and happy. Yeah. And he, right. You got to try the orange ones, man. <laughs> the orange ones. I thought it was the greens. <laughs> All right. Don't forget Affinity Protocol every other Tuesday at uh, 8 30, 20 30 Eastern Standard Time here on dvradio.net from the Affinity Innovations Inc. team. Uh, if that's all for Oink, Recoil, War Dog, and our guest Deanna from Bad Habits with the Z, I'm Bonerwood. You just heard Eric's talk right here on WDVR, dvradio.net. Until next week, fucksicles. Bye bye. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Goodbye, motherfucker! <laughs> 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 Radio.